Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 74. 74. Told you twice, and I won't tell you no more. And tonight, woo, we're going to take a look at one of my dark obsessions because I have waited an entire lifetime to see the movie New Year's Evil. Is it going to be worth the wait? Or did it just drop the ball? Get it? Because it's New Year's. Drop the ball. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Shut your mouth. And just wait, because the show's about to start after this really cool thing that I'm going to play right about now. The Memorial Trilogy. The zombie epic by Dead Letter nominated author Robert R. Best. Lakewood Memorial tells the story of a single mom fighting the hordes of the dead to reach her two children. Ashton Memorial follows up with the trio finding themselves caught in the chaos of Ashton Memorial Zoo. And World Memorial tells you how it all ends. Own the trilogy that BuyZombie.com said can be placed amongst the classics of the zombie genre. Each of the three volumes are available in paperback and on Kindle. Or buy the complete Memorial Trilogy on Kindle for only $4.99. Go to www.robertrbest.com for more information. The Memorial Trilogy by Robert R. Best. Read it before. It's too late. So, my children, my children, my beautiful children, it is 2003, y'all. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Well, believe it, because it's true, goddammit. Now, (sighs) 2012, didn't like it. Didn't like it much at all in retrospect. So much crap for so You know, I've been bitching for months. Ever since, what, what was it, July, the month of cancer? Not, not the disease, I mean the Zodiac sign. Come on now. Things have been just one thing after another. Miserable, miserable, miserable. Annoying, annoying, annoying. And uh, unfortunately, the year went out right in that fashion. Because uh, for Christmas... Now... Those of you who haven't been listening for a while, I broke my ribs in November doing a show, and I was on painkillers for a while, much to the amusement of my listeners, because I was broadcasting while high. PWI, if you would, podcasting while intoxicated. Intoxicated. No, but I'm sober right now, believe it or not. I just can't speak. The thing is, when you stop taking Vicodin after you've been taking it for a really long time, you go through withdrawal. So on Christmas is when it really hit. I had a splitting migraine and I was running a fever. We were supposed to go see my parents out on Long Island, but it just didn't happen. Bradford looked at me and goes, there's something wrong with you. And I said, well, I know that. And he goes, no, I mean something else because you've got this glazed stare. It's really strange. I'm like, you talk really strange. But he was right. And then, for New Year's, Bradford started running this crazy fever the night before, like 102.5. And it didn't break. Well, he's still kind of running a fever, so we don't know what the hell's wrong with him. But, you know, there's always been something wrong with him. Hasn't there? And that's why 
we tolerate him. Anyway, um, hopefully things went better for you because uh, for New Year's Eve, Rod Serling was my date. Yeah, because thank God for the Sci-Fi Channel and the Twilight Zone Marathon. I don't know what I would have done. But even that got boring after a while. I'm like, let me guess. We're going to wind up in some place and somebody's going to do something. Something weird's going to happen. They're going to have something like ironic or you know, deeply um, whatever. It's the fucking Twilight Zone. You know what I'm talking about. After about four episodes, your brain is like, ah, stop. But he was there. And that was the important thing. Thank you, Rod. Thank you. At least you showed up because Lord Kathy Griffin and Anderson Cooper on the New Year's Eve special were terrible. I mean, they're never great, but they were just... Okay, we get it, Kathy. You're blowing Anderson Cooper. You're trying to kiss his salmon like they do in Norway or whatever the hell it was. And But it went on for 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, stop being funny a long, long time ago. Just get up off your knees and stop it. Just stop it. You're humiliating us. See, even this talk is boring. I'm talking about people on television. This is how exciting my life has been lately. Oh, something I forgot to mention last time, and I really, really should have. Because it was very, 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 very important. Because I, I guess it was just after Thanksgiving, before the last episode came out, I had a visit. Well, I didn't have a visit, but I was able to meet up in New York City, in Manhattan, with listener Stephen from down in Maryland, you know, Betty and Durwood's friend that they got listening to the show. And he didn't come alone this time. He came with his boyfriend, his boyfriend, Brandon. And they were great. And as usual, they got us drunk. Well, because Bradford went and finally got to meet Stephen. And it was great. We took him out for dinner. And then we went over here and we went over there. And the reason that this was important, it wasn't just getting to meet Brandon, which was amazing. It wasn't just getting to see Stephen, which is always a delight. It wasn't just about getting drunk, which is, well, you know, never look a gift cocktail in the mouth. Um, the reason it was important was something that happened at dinner. We had gone to this barbecue place, um, upscale barbecue place uh, in the Times Square area. And on the table, you know, it, we, they wrapped the silverware in these big brown cloths instead of napkins, like big, thick cloth that you'd find in your bathroom. You know, because I guess you're dealing with barbecue. There's lots of sauce. There might be lots of cleanup to do. And little Brandon, big guys, he picks up the cloth. He goes, oh, look, Stephen, these are just like the ones you keep next to the bed on the nutstand. Poor little Stephen. He turned all shades of purple. He's like huffing and puffing and blowing. He's like, well, actually, those are blue. And I'm like, ah. Bradford and I are dying. Like, I can't believe that just happened. There are things I need to know about my listeners, and there's things I don't need to know about my listeners. And one of the things I don't need to know about my listeners is what color your cum rags are. Okay? I don't need to know. And the reason why this was important, that I wish I had remembered to talk about it last time, is that this conversation was so horrifying. That had I remembered it, someone would have won Scream Queen of the Week. And, you know, I've been thinking about it. I already have a scream, scream, scream Queen of the Week in mind. But I think since it's the holiday season still, I'm going to give out two. So you know what that means? Brandon. Sweet little innocent Brandon just blurting out personal information to relative strangers for making me laugh barbecue sauce out my nose, which burned you. 
are the Scream Queen of the Week. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. And as always, you win a tiara, but you don't. You'll never get it ever, 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 ever. You need to ask your boyfriend about it, because he actually has a... <laughs> I do believe he won a tiara as well, a tiara that doesn't exist. So just the both of you can wear your non-existent tiaras and go cloth each other in private. I don't know. I got nothing. So who's winning Scream Queen of the Week this week, Patrick? Well, shut the fuck up. I'm going to tell you for Christ's sake. God, you're so fucking pushy, you people. Anyway, Bradford and I, one of these nights when I had these raging headaches, um... I just needed to get out of the house. And there's this little theater of the block from us, a little movie theater. It's really cheap. And they were showing Monsters, Inc. 3D. The 3D re-release of Monsters, Inc. And I'd seen it already. Well, not this 3D re-release. There was nothing else playing that I wanted to see because the Hobbit can go fuck himself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, all you Tolkien fans out there, but that book was shoved down my throat as summer reading before my freshman year. I hadn't even started high school, and I had homework already, because that's what happens when you go to Chaminade High School for boys. Ugh. Thing was 125 pages long. Something like that. They can stretch it out into nine hours. It would actually take less time to read the book out loud, for God's sake. So, fa-ha... So the Hobbit, go fuck yourself. Go back in your Hobbit hole, take your hairy toes and stick them up your ass and go hop up and down. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. People are like, oh, I think it's really great how Gandalf is older in this. Because I, I, I think that, you know, I always had this feeling that Gandalf aged in reverse. I always got that feeling from the book. I'm like, uh, maybe Gandalf's older in this movie is because the actor is 10 years older, perhaps? Duh! But am I talking about The Hobbit? Unfortunately, yes, I am. But what I meant to talk about was Monsters, Inc. Now, okay, a 3D movie with a migraine was probably not the best idea. And I, the movie was nice. It was nice. It was nice to be out of the house. It was cute. I smiled. So that was great. The thing that made it special was there was nobody else in the theater, which happens often up at this place, except um, a young dad... And his very, 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 very cute, very tiny little daughter. She's maybe five years old at the most. And she was so happy to be at the movies with her daddy. She had this big smile on the whole time, perfectly behaved. A joy to sit next to. Just hearing the little laughs, because I mean, her little laughs was so cute and so loud that like in the movie, it would, if, had we been in the world of the movie, the lights would have been like on overload. But yeah, you're thinking so big fucking deal. She was an adorable little kid in the movie. And I say, hold the fuck on. Hold the fuck on. Because what happened when we left the movie is a whole other thing. Well, what the hell happened? Well, I'm telling you. As we're walking out of the theater, we're walking behind them, and he's trying to get her little coat on in the lobby. The only other poster for a movie in this particular part of the lobby was for Texas Chainsaw 3D. And it's the one with all, like, the leather face masks, I guess, or severed heads, or I don't know what the hell it's supposed to be. And the little girl, she's getting her little arm in a little pink coat, and she goes, Daddy! Pointing at the poster, she goes, I want to see that one next! 
And the father's like, oh, no, sweetie, that's too scary. She's like, no, it's not. I like scary movies. I think it'll be fun. No, sweetie, it's way too scary. You're not going to be able to, you won't like that. It's Look at those scary monsters. And she goes, she's, I'm like, well, this might not have been the best thing because we just watched a movie that spent two hours telling you how monsters aren't really scary because the little girl's like, I don't care. You don't know what, you don't know that it's too scary. I love scary things. And you're going to take me to see it. And I'm like, right on. So, you know what? So, here's the deal. You, Brandon, <laughs> Steven's boyfriend, are the scream queen of the week. How's that? You get that title. You hold that title. But little girl in the movie theater who desperately, 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 with a smile, ordered her father to take her to Texas Chainsaw 3D when it comes out. You <laughs> are the scream queen of the future. Woo, woo. And I like that. I like to see the line being carried on down the line. Now, this is completely 100% off topic, yet I feel the need to talk about it anyway because it does have to do with one of you out there in the darkness listening to me under the bed sheets, hoping nobody catches you. Anyway, uh, I've been playing a lot of Xbox during this time with broken ribs and, and sickness and all this other stuff. And the game that has me obsessed at the moment is an older game called Naughty Bear. And not the new one, not Naughty Bear's colon, Panic in Paradise, the original Naughty Bear. And I'm driving Brad crazy with it. Why are you playing Naughty Bear all the damn time? You could be, and I'm just like, well, because you ain't Naughty Bear, that's why. You're just naughty. Anyway, in this game, you're a bear, you're a little teddy bear that has to kill other nice little teddy bears. And I wish the game was better. It's repetitive. The camera thing is kind of headache-inducing, but there's a reason why I'm kind of obsessed with it. You see, Naughty Bear hears voices in his head as he kills. Actually, no. He just hears one voice, some random British guy who tells him what to do. And for some reason, whenever this guy says, Naughty, which he does quite a bit, it reminds me of Dave in the UK. Listener Woody. So every time Naughty Bear's on a killing spree and the British guy goes, Naughty, I think of you, Dave. And I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't sound like you at all. I mean, I only heard you for a couple of seconds. That one time you called and you were like, Hello, Patrick, this is Dave from the UK. But you were really drunk and I don't know if you really sound like that. And I don't think you really sounded like what I just did because that was just stupid. But anyway, I'm thinking of you, Dave, is what I'm trying to say. A guy named Tom Pearson, who I've talked with for a very long, very long time, since the, I first went to the haunted house and thought they were amazing. I uh, hope to have him on the show because they're moving from their location. They just closed, actually. And um, up until now, they've been performing out of this abandoned old mental asylum in Brooklyn. But that run has ended, but it's been such a critical and uh, financial and hit that it's moving well, it was due to move to a new space in South Street Seaport, but of course, thanks to Hurricane Sandy, South Street Seaport is mostly just sea at the moment. So they're going to be opening as soon as they can find a new space in that area, and hopefully that'll be soon, and when they do, I'll have them on, because y'all need to see this. It's not horror, but it's so strange and so nightmarish that you'll think it is. Gosh, gosh. Like, that's my, when, when did you get to the damn horror movies? I'm like, all right, I'll get to the damn horror movies. <sighs> I saw some things over the past couple of weeks. Being sick over the holidays and being Bradford's nursemaid again. 
for New Year's uh, that aren't really worth talking about in full. So I'll just talk about them really briefly right here. The first one is Apartment 143, and I got tipped off to this by Betty of, you know, Betty and Durwood fame. And uh, it's a found footage type of haunted house thing. Paranormal uh, Paranormal investigators are going to prove or debunk reports of a haunting in this man's apartment where he lives with his daughter. And you're saying, yeah, yeah, I've seen this all before. Yeah, kind of you have, but you haven't seen it this well put together. The script is excellent. I mean, really some powerful, powerful dramatic moments aside from the horror. And the acting is quite brilliant for something of this nature. And uh, I think you like it. It kind of goes awry in the last 10 minutes or so. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind about it yet. Uh, But apart from 143, I kind of liked it. Now, normally, I might have put Betty up against the wall for this. But let me tell you how sneaky this bitch is. I'm on to you, girl. See what she does now? She doesn't phone in her recommendations. Oh, no, 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 no. Because then everybody knows if you recommend a movie to me here on the show and I check it out, I'm going to have to put you up against the wall. You're going to have to be culpable for what you're recommending to me and the other listeners. If you made us watch something bad, you're going to have to pay. Whereas if it's something good, you'll be publicly rewarded. But (laughs) either way, you're going to get bent over in public is what I'm saying. But no, she just posts it on our little Facebook group now. So I'm on to you, girl. Watch your back. Because I'm watching it. The other thing I saw was a movie called Rites of Spring, which I think she also recommended. God damn you, Betty. But I've heard other people talking about it. And I liked this movie a lot. A whole lot. And I don't want to talk too much about it. But it if you see the trailer, it looks like torture porn. It is not. It is not torture porn at all. What it does is it mixes kidnapping crime story drama with a supernatural slasher that... Um, coinciding in this little town where every year around the springtime girls go missing and are never found and it's been that way for the past 26 years or something like that and now a whole bunch of new girls are starting to disappear meanwhile there's a kidnapping going on how they mix up is kind of interesting the beef with it that I have is that it just ends like you you get a satisfactory ending but there's no it just it's like somebody came and went like okay bye I'm done but it had some recognizable faces in it. And I like that. Uh, I can't think of either one of their names, but the girl who is the main uh, person in this, she is this blonde actress. She was in The Signal. She was also in Yellow Brick Road. I like her a lot. And also from The Signal was this guy who played the, her crazy husband in it, whose name I also don't know, but he's really cute. He's got really nice sad eyes. And he's got a beard. He's a little stocky. And you know how I am about that sort of thing. But uh, he was also in Hatchet too. Yeah, he was he was he would he would he was doing that girl from behind and got his head cut off or something. And then she got an axe in the pussy. But you know that whole you know that whole story. That whole thing. But Rights of Spring, I liked it. I'd like to know what you think about it. So if you check it out, please call in and let me know. Let all of us know. And finally, I went the holiday route and decided to watch the remake, sort of, of Silent Night. Uh, I really didn't do my job here because I didn't finish it. I turned it off. I just didn't like it. 
it, it, it reminds me a little too much of My Bloody Valentine, aside from the fact that Jamie What's-Her-Ass is the main character, but I don't really like these new horror movies that are mixing cop story with a slasher. I don't find the works because they don't do either half of them very well, in my opinion. I found it really mean-spirited and not fun any kind of way and really unbelievable. I mean, the fact that Malcolm McDowell is the sheriff and just refuses to let anybody come in to help with the slaughter that's going on in his town. Like six people are killed in one day and he's just like, nah, nah, I got this. Meanwhile, it's just, no, 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 no. And the excuses he come up, comes up with are ridiculous. And finally, at a certain point, I said, I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm not getting as much enjoyment as I used to of watching a naked girl being fed feet first into a wood chipper. It was a big moment of revelation. I said, this is not fun for me anymore, particularly since I don't know anything about her. She's just some naked girl. I felt bad for her. I felt bad for the actress. I felt bad for everybody. And after that, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Good night. Silent night. And if the bad news wasn't enough, I sat down on Christmas to watch my special collector's edition DVD copy of the original Black Christmas, which, as you all know, is my favorite horror movie ever. Now, I have the old regular DVD, and I have it on VHS as well. And I was shocked and horrified to discover that on the DVD, on the special collector's edition, there are cuts, minuscule cuts. But there were things on that VHS copy that I had that are not in the DVD. Either one. Well, one's in one one. Okay, never mind. Okay, this is going to get confusing. But they're both in the same scene. It's a scene. Okay, if you don't want to hear the spoiler, fast forward. Uh, where Phil is about to go into Barb's room, the killer's behind the door, and she looks around it, and the door slams. You know that part? On my VHS copy and on my other DVD copy, you distinctly hear the killer say, Agnes. This one? Nothing. The door just closes. I rewound it 10, 15 times. I couldn't believe it. The other thing was, when the door closes, this was my favorite shot of the movie because it was just so creepy. The door closes, and the camera just does this slow pan down the hallway backing away from the door and it's totally quiet you just hear the clock ticking it's totally peaceful except you know what's going on behind that door and your imagination goes woo 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 and the dvd version the door closes the shot's over and fuck you whoever put out this collector's edition fuck you and the 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 doorknob you slammed on me and then cut away i got nothing i don't even know what i'm talking about anymore now, before we start the show proper, I have to tell you a story. I have been conflicted about whether or not to tell you this story. And I want to warn you. If you are faint of heart or weak of stomach, you might want to skip this completely. You should fast forward until you hear the music indicating that we're moving on to the next segment of the show. I'll give you five seconds to do that, starting now. One and a two and a three and a four and a five. Okay, are they gone? 
Good, let's talk about them. No, let's talk about what happened to me. Ooh, it was a couple of days after Christmas. I had to go up to the drugstore. I'd been off the Vicodin for a couple of days at this point, so I'm not sure if that had anything to do with what happened. But there I am, on this very cold, very, very, very extremely cold day, bundled up in my four jackets. Because it was really windy. It was that kind of wind that just slices right through whatever you're wearing anyway. So I had my coat, and I had a sweatshirt on, and another sweatshirt on, and a jacket with a hood to put up, because my coat doesn't have that. And I got up and went, bought whatever the hell I had to buy. I guess it was cat food and I don't know, Bradford's Toe Fungus Cream. I don't know. But they have these automatic tellers there and we hate them. We hate them. Because for some reason, A, they don't really work that well. B, they got rid of most of the cashiers so the register was never actually open. And C, it has this little robot woman that lives in it. And she's really loud. So... For some reason, like if you if you're work if you're you're doing your thing by the door, if you're in the back of the store, you can hear the entire transaction because she's screaming at you. Welcome! Please scan your extra care card. Be sure to take your receipt. Put the item in the bag. Put the item in the bag. Put the item in the bag. Please wait. Help is on the way. We hate her. Bradford has actually gotten into serious trouble at the CVS because he had a screaming fit at the woman in the automatic checkout machine and I don't really blame him because I can't stand her and he's a very delicate person but this is not the point right now the point is I'm checking out it's completely not a problem no problems at all blip 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 in the bag blip in the bag blip in the bag blip in the bag and then as I'm paying somewhere between please remember to take your receipt and please remember to take your receipt and please take all items. Thank you for shopping. Something happened. I got this one little twinge in my stomach, like verbal, nothing. Big deal. Just, just, you know, when she said, take your receipt. By the time I had picked up my bag, I had shat my pants. <laughs> I crapped my pants <laughs> at the CVS. People all around. And it was this weird, weird thing. And I, 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 I hope they have cameras in those machines. I'm sure they do. To keep an eye on whoever is using them. Because I would love to see the video footage of my face when it happened. Because it was this thing of shock, surprise, trying to keep it all together so that nobody notices <laughs> And also, my actor took over. Because, you know, we're supposed to, like, notice things. Like, you can... How to describe it? It's like, all of a sudden, you kind of go out of yourself into this weird scientific mode, and you just are observing what's going on with yourself and what you're feeling in this detached but really interested kind of way. So all of a sudden, I was detached and really interested in the way I was shitting my pants and what that felt like and how I was feeling about what it felt like. And... Because let me tell you, it wasn't just, like diary it was i don't even it was it was big it was big and it just was there it was not there one second and then it was all there and there was this weird sense of inflation <laughs> in my pants almost it felt like someone had stuck a hose an air hose down the back of my pants and were inflating them
but they weren't. <laughs> it wasn't an air hose. It was my rancid feces. And the thing is, now I have to calculate. I'm like, what do I do about it? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Did anybody notice? I don't care. What do I do? So I'm calculating. There is nowhere on Queens Boulevard that I can go to take care of us. Because, you know, if it was a little, a little, you know, Olean moment, Olestra moment, then I would have been able to handle it over at the 7-Eleven or at the McDonald's. But no, no, this was a birth. This was big. This was large. This was going to take major hazmat cleanup to deal with. So I figured, fuck, I gotta walk the three blocks home with a gigantic load of shit in my pants, which I did. I walked down the center of the street so that anybody walking by on either side would not have to be affronted with this. So in the midst of all this, I'm alternating between these feelings of shame, embarrassment, cold, wet and cold, dribbling, and the nagging question of, do I talk about this on the podcast or not? Clearly, you know what I've decided because I figure I've kept it real all this time. This was a big moment. This is the most exciting thing that happened to me since the last show was me shitting my pants at the drugstore and having to walk home. And I figured if Margaret Cho got one of her best bits at the time she shat her pants in the car, what the heck? I'll run with it. So, yes, I shat my pants at the CVS, walked three blocks home. Got up the stairs, walked in the door, and Bradford's like, How am I get out of the way? And bless his heart, he did. I don't think he didn't. <laughs> it was bad, is what I'm saying. So, you know what? If you had a bad holiday season, at least you didn't shit your pants in public and have to walk three blocks home and up three flights of stairs. And have to go stand in the shower in your clothes for a half an hour to clean yourself out. And I just had to say thank my lucky stars that I was wearing boxer briefs that day. And not boxers. Otherwise, I would have left the trail on the way home. Aren't you happy we've had this conversation? Aren't you happy we keep things real here on Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent? Yeah, so all those people who were too chicken and fast-forwarded, they'll, they'll never know because you're not going to tell them, right? This is just between us because if you tell them I'll know and I'll do something unpleasant well I already did something unpleasant but never mind never mind you know what it is time to start the show so I'm going to quit my babbling we'll play some music and we're going to be right back to discover about how I enjoyed my dark obsession scream your little heart out honey Dracula, Dracula, Drac, cha cha cha. Some folks say he's wild, but he can't help having bats in his belt. He's a crazy, messed up child. Dracula, Dracula, Drac, cha cha cha. We're good for one another. You might say, in point of fact, we're a couple of real blood brothers. A pain in the neck, but don't put him down. This problem stems from ghoul trouble. He's never been able to find a love affair that lasts more than one night. But then he goes in for some pretty fancy necking. He likes all type ghouls. Type A, type B. 
Yes, he's always running around at night with us Kada, Frankie, and Igor. But he has insomnia. Besides, he likes to see himself on the late, late, late share. Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. Please don't make the joke. It's just because he dresses for dinner that he wears a long black cloak. He's so adorable. Nobody asked me, but I like that. Remember, he had an unhappy childhood. His mother seldom came up out of the ground to see him. Still, she decorated his room with simple good taste. Wall-to-wall moss and the coffin table. So don't criticize him just because he can't stand the light of day. We all look better by candlelight. And you can't blame a guy for wanting a little enchantment. Tackle up, tackle up, track. He can't stand the light of day But when the moon comes up in the sky For a vampire, he's okay Cha-cha-cha Obsession, obsession, obsession Obsession, obsession Obsession, obsession Obsession, well, that was melodramatic. Ladies and gentlemen, Dark Obsession. All right, so we haven't had this segment in a while. This is the Dark Obsession segment, and I've had this stupid soundbite sitting in my uh, folder forever, and I realized, God, I haven't done this forever. You know why? Because I've seen everything. God damn it. But finally, finally, something came along that I realized, hey, I've been waiting since I was a child to see this. But for whatever reason, I was never at the video store. I never never caught it on cable. It wasn't available on DVD. I have yet to see it. Well, this week, the movie that I have waited my entire life to see is the 1980 holiday slasher New Year's Evil. So let's take a listen to the trailer. One night, they were celebrating New Year's Eve. He was out, ending their life. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. Call me evil. Every New Year's Eve, the caller came out.
So I got to say, New Year's Eve is great and everything, but the worst way to spend it is by yourself. Am I correct? Of course I'm correct. So I have a very special guest here with me tonight. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the one, the only host of the Drunk and Zombie podcast, Mr. Brian Wolford. Thank you for having me on, Patrick. Well, that was... You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I get to get you fired. You get somewhere. fired instead of Uncle Randy. Uh, okay, so thank you for joining me with New Year's Eve. Well, you hadn't seen it before either, right? No. Yeah. I actually was sitting in my instant queue on Netflix forever. Me too. Well, the thing is, I was so excited that I saw it on Netflix, and then it was in the, the, the instant watch. I said, great, great, great. I'll save it. For New Year's Eve. And then it was gone. Completely. So fuck you, Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of those boxes that I would always see in the uh like in the video store that always intrigued me, but yeah, yeah, I never watched it. Never saw a box forever. I remember the commercials for it, and of course that was right at the height of anything with a holiday was getting a slasher movie. Mm Mm-hmm built around it and of course at that age i'm like gotta see it. it's gotta be great and i've heard throughout the years that it was terrible but still just you know as a completist mm-hmm. i felt the need and uh so uh what you think i actually really enjoyed it for just being a completely dumb slasher movie i kind of liked it too it had some really really severe problems but then there were oh, parts yeah. of it i'm like i'm right on board well, the funny thing is, like, uh, since you, it was off Netflix, we had to find it by other means. Completely legal. Completely legal. 100% and, uh, completely legal means. And uh, apparently the copy I got, the uh-huh. audio was out of sync. Oh. And at first, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Because it'll play like an Italian giallo movie or something. No. It's just a little bit off. And I'm like, uh-huh. this is fantastic. But it got worse as it went on. So by the oh. end of the movie, it was off well, by like that place I sent you to had two copies of it. You should have switched to the other one. But it's too late now. Exactly. It's too late now. So uh, would you like to give our listeners a little summary of the plot of New sure. Year's Evil? Um, I don't remember anybody's name. but it's That's I have a lot of them written, written down in case you need them. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're sort of following uh, this main chick who is hosting this New Year's Eve like uh, – it's weird because I was almost like, oh my gosh, they're like tapping into like this MTV generation thing. Yeah, but it was way and then I that. realized it was 1980. I'm like, that was before MTV. No, so, so this there, what uh, for 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 uh, brevity's sake, uh, sure. it's kind of it's kind of a punk rock version of Dick Clark and his Rock and New Year. Yeah, so it's like exactly. the competition, and it's also exactly. her big break. You know, yeah. she's had a, she has a successful radio show. Her name is Blaze. Blaze, because she's right. flaming. And so this is her big break into the big time. Please continue. <laughs> um, do you want like a long version of the plot or just a very simple yeah, version? Just of the plot? simple. We'll get into details. Later. Uh, somebody, uh, and, you know, people call in, and I don't know. Are they voting? Or are they pledging? I didn't they understand. Were, that yeah, was. that was weird. They were voting for like the number one new punk new wave hit of the year. And I said that's a really fucking boring show. But anyway, that's not the point. But yes, it's a call-in show yeah. with a band, the same so, band for four hours. So, yeah, which was weird. 
Uh, so yeah, somebody calls in using like a voice modulator and says he's going to kill somebody at midnight uh, through all the time zones, which was weird because I thought this took place in New York at first, and I guess we're actually in California. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to kill somebody at midnight for each of the time zones, and apparently he uh, has this big fascination with recording it, and then he will call back and play it over the phone to the yes. host chick. Okay. That's pretty much a decent summary. Yeah, uh, I knew right away it was L.A. because I know my geography. And that, that hotel of the rent, that they're in is famous. And I was also kind of laughing, and I said this to Bradford, who's watching as well. I, it's kind of weird that they're having a punk rock New Year's Eve festival, which is, you know, the cutting edge of alternative right then. You know, it's just starting to explode. But it's a really alternative scene, and they're having it at the Holiday Inn. That's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're anti-authority and anti-establishment. Bro, we're at the Holiday Inn. Giant corporate <laughs> hotel. Yeah. So um, did you recognize Blaze? Uh, she looked familiar, but I, I didn't. She used to be on Happy Days. She was Leather Tuscadero, Fonzie's girlfriend. Nice. I didn't even make the connection. Uh-huh. Or she was Pinky Tuscadero. She was one of the Tuscaderos. She was the, the roller derby girls mm. yeah, yeah. so that's that's her big that's her big claim to fame well and then after that it became i was in new year's evil so uh-huh. you but you know what you did make a scarier project you know what it was Whoa. no what was that the paul lind halloween special oh jesus christ oh yeah it's the paul lind halloween special starring paul lind with paul's special guest tim conway Roz, Pinky, Tascadero, Kelly, Margaret Hamilton, Billy Hayes, Billy Barty, special guest star Florence Henderson, a special appearance by Betty White, and a rock and roll explosion, Kiss. And now, the Paul Lynn Halloween special. It was her, Tim Conway, Donnie Marie, Donnie Marie, uh, Florence Henderson, and Kiss. Really weird lineup. <laughs> Really weird lineup. It's genius. It's on Netflix. That is definitely worth a watch. You'll rip your eyes uh, out. But yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Oh yeah, and it has this wonderful like child molestation tone underneath the whole thing. So it's, yeah, okay, this is great. Well, Good stuff. It's family. It's gotta include the family. Yeah. But are we talking about Poland? No, we're not. No. Well, we should be, but we're not. So anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So um, I'll come back and do a Poland episode. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think I want to watch a whole lot of Paul Lynn movies. <laughs> Are there a lot of Paul Lynn movies? I have no idea. So right. Match Game and Bewitched. I don't know what else. Um, I had initially been confused. Now that I've seen the movie, I get it more because I said, how is he killing people in every time zone? Is he f- on a plane? But no, no, no. He's in L.A. and killing every time the clock hits midnight across the country. So, not, and I'm like, okay, now I get it. Now I get it. The thing is, right off the bat, you have that opening sequence, you know, with the title credit, and they've got this convertible car full of punk rock assholes. They're just, you know, they're just sneering at everybody, and the music, you know, the theme song is playing. They're just like flipping the finger at everybody, and there's like, ah, ah. And I'm going, I know the theme of this movie, and if it was a normal slasher movie, it would be these assholes who were getting killed, and I would really like to see these assholes get killed, but they don't. I swore one of them was Horshack for a second, and then I looked it up, and it wasn't. It's so. the Jufro. It throws everybody off. Yeah. They all look the same. <laughs> I kind of wish it was. 
But the thing, but this is what pissed me off. This this actually got me worried because for the whole title frame, you're hearing this song. It's after midnight, New Year's Eve, and then the show starts. You know, the, the New Year's Eve show starts, and we get to hear the entire song again. Like five minutes later, I'm like, did they not remember we just heard this particular entire song? Which I just want to point out that this is one thing horror movies are really missing nowadays is their own theme song. Yeah. I think that's something we really need to bring back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. (laughs) Because as a theme song went, it wasn't bad. It wasn't punk. None of the music in this was particularly punk. But, you know, they tried I'm just saying I might watch Hostel 4 if they have a Hostel theme song. Hostel 4. <laughs> the Hostel 4 themes. Love theme. <laughs> Love theme from Hostel 4. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, we're back at the hotel. Right off the bat, her assistant gets killed. Her, her African-American assistant, Yvonne, or as I have to call anyone named Yvonne, why Vaughn? <laughs> why not Vaughn? Well, so why <laughs> And it was just kind of funny because apparently <laughs> two things were funny. Because it's 1980. Wyvon, she's got cornrows because this was the age of Bo Derek and 10 and everybody had them. And I just had this discussion online and this is totally unrelated. Was it somebody mentioned that they don't make Tinker Toys anymore? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that led to me, I had to go and look for this to prove that it existed. I said, I remember a Peanuts cartoon where Peppermint Patty was trying to give herself a cornrow to look like Bo Derek, but she couldn't find any beads, so she used Tinker Toys. Yeah, the big round pieces with the holes. <laughs> That's right. And I just had this conversation like three hours before, so I'm picturing Ms. Wavon clanking around in her bathroom, putting on like four pounds of blush, being very concerned with the leaky shower. I don't know why she was so concerned with that leaky shower, but she finally gets knifed in it. Just hoping that her girlfriend, Marcy, was okay with uh, the cornrows afterwards. <laughs> I guess so. You might get splinters from that. Or yeah, but uh, yeah, but this one, this kill didn't actually fit the pattern. But he had to get rid of her, yeah, to get to this woman. But anyway, so you're going back and forth throughout the movie between the New Year's Eve party and this guy on his journeys hunting down victims and killing them. Which part did you find more interesting? <laughs> um, the part with him uh, hunting down his women and killing them. Me too. I heard a lot of people prefer the party part. Like the music's really great and the energy's really cool and authentic. And I'm looking at it going, "Are you high?" <laughs> no kidding. It's so boring. It's the same thing for like I mean, an it's hour. The same thing. And I'm like, "Look, oh wait, where, where's my notes? Hold on. I took like 85 pages of notes in the first 10 minutes. And it's like <laughs> they would have these dance scenes, and everybody would be like calmly and politely slam dancing. Yeah. Very, very gent- gently stage diving. <laughs> You've ever been to a punk show that's like the so the opposite of what they were showing. So funny. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I land on your face? You I make movies. You're a filmmaker, so you know this. I mean, I know that party scenes and dance scenes always are terrible yes. when you see them because when you're shooting them, the music you can't. The music is not there usually. They might play a couple of measures of the music just so you have a beat in your head, but usually you're dancing to nothing. Yeah. So people tend to be on different, but this was really bad. <laughs> I don't even know what the, what the dance. There's like slow dancing to, you know, thrashing guitars. I don't. And there was no bar at this party. <laughs> Nobody had any cocktails. That's of course Mr. Brad's observation. It's like, why doesn't anybody have any drinks? <laughs> it's New Year's Eve and nobody has any drinks. What the it's fuck party is this? In. 
Oh, I know, I know. Not only the Holiday Inn, it's the Holiday Inn. That's a landmark building with the stupid spaceship on the top. Um, oh, but yeah, so before the show starts, we find out she's got all the, she's got this son. She's got family problems. She's got a son that she doesn't pay any attention to. And this guy is the worst actor ever. He comes in like five minutes before the show starts and he's like, Mom, I have good news for you. I just got the lead in a TV series. It's a really good part. It's called Spaceship America. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm setting my DVR for that one. But, <laughs> but she- I would totally watch a show called Spaceship America. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck it's going to be. I don't know. I have a picture of, like the like the entire like cu- country of the United States somehow turned into a spaceship and like there's this. Is a, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just stupid in my head. It's just, like it's a map shaped flying saucer. I don't know. But she does. She's like, well, well. Tell me later. Tell me later. Of course, I get that he's upset. And on the other hand, I'm going. Oh, hold on. I just pulled my headphones out. I'm also thinking, dick face. She's 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 on in thirty seconds. Can no you wait? Could you wait four hours? Why not show up 45 minutes earlier, douche? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, there's that. There's that. But then, of course, there's also her husband, Richard. Her husband, Richard's supposed to be there. But no, and Miss Yvonne, Miss Yvonne called to check on him. He was off in Palm Springs, and it sounded like he was already, you know, coked up with his hookers. Like he is every year. Eh, it's New Year's. You do what you got to do. Well, Bradford said clearly cocaine didn't make it to the party the way they were all being. <laughs> <laughs> gently <laughs> moshing with each other. <laughs> yes. Most polite mosh pit I've ever seen. It was. It was. Excuse me. Thank you. Excuse me. Okay. I'm about to. Oh, oop. There we go. Oop, sorry, there. Sorry. <laughs> but it's so bad, too, because everybody's acting so badass. Like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. I got my Mohawk. fucking ticket. Let me in. Yeah. I got a switchblade that's a comb. <laughs> Dude, I had one of those. Those were awesome. <laughs> but did you actually go up to a security guard and flick it in their face and be like, I'm kick-ass? <laughs> Maybe once or twice. I was going to say you're duke, duke, uh, stupid enough to do that. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, now she gets – when you first see the killer, you see the killer right away. Yeah. Which was a surprise. You see him making the first phone call, and I don't know about you. He freaked me out. It was a little weird because – he had like this uh, like stocking hat on and his black pea coat all pulled up. So you could only really see his face, but you still couldn't really see him. Yeah, it was from the side. So it was basically just his jaw, nose, and like the side yeah. of his eyes. But he's using and then a- I couldn't I didn't know he had a voice modulator either. Me and I'm either. like, this guy's messed up. Yeah, because it looked like he had it, he was like holding it in his teeth. Yeah. So he's talking around it, but as he's but what that looked like from the side, it just looks like his mouth is stretched way open in this huge grimace, you know, joker grimace. Yeah. With these weird noises coming out. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh, okay, it's a voice modulator. But that first initial contact freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, what's up with this guy? I was almost wondering if he had like had throat cancer and had one of those boxes, <laughs> and that's just how he talked. And I'm like, this is going to be the best killer ever. <laughs> he keeps his weapons in the hole in his throat. That's terrible. <laughs> You're a terrible person, Brian. Yeah, well. Okay, so now his first stop for his kills is the Crawford Sanitarium. Of course, what does Bradford say? Is it the Joan Crawford Sanitarium? <laughs> no, but no, but yeah, but but also at the sanitarium, they're letting the mental patients watch the thrashing. Yeah, on Croc thing, because you know, 
Mental patients love that. They were actually more involved in it than the people at the actual party were. <laughs> yeah, let's get a bunch of unstable people with mental problems and turn on loud, thrashing music. It's anti-establishment violent imagery. <laughs> Brilliant. But um, so what does he do while he's there? What is he doing there, Brian? Uh, so, yeah, the guy sneaks in and then puts on like a, uh, uh, I guess, orderly. Mm-hmm uniform mm-hmm. and then apparently runs into the sluttiest nurse that's ever worked anywhere <laughs> it was a different era <laughs> i guess it was so. 1979 when they filmed this probably it was a different time uh basically tells her hey they sent me from downtown yeah and i'm going downtown sure. <laughs> and then he's like oh by the way i'm you don't know me. I just showed up at your mental hospital. But hey, I got a bottle of uh, champagne and kind of want to fuck. Do you want to go in this back room? Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. You left out the important part. I got a bottle of champagne, my boombox, and I'm ready to party. Because <laughs> he's looking around a gigantic boombox. That's right. This right. whole I movie. This is the first time you see the boombox. And she's like, hey, you bring your own party. And he's like, and I got booze. Not check, let's, check, let's not check in on the patients. He's like, let's go fuck. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, I, I thought this guy looked like Bruce Jenner, which was especially terrifying. more at the end, but we'll get back to that. Yes, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> but you're right. And it, it, the thing that I thought was interesting in this is that, it, it, yeah, it's a slasher, so to speak, but unlike the normal slasher, he gets to know the people first. Yes. It's not, I'm going to jump out from behind a tree and, and chop your head off or anything. No, 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 no. There's always some smooth seduction involved because he likes the ladies. He seems to like the blondes. Yes. And uh, yeah, so he does exactly what he said. You know, they're, the mental patients are rioting because there's nobody watching them. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting it on. And just as the, the ball starts to drop, no, not, well, the, the one in Times Square, not the one in, <laughs> never mind. He hits the button on the tape recorder and stabs her to death and then calls in. And now they know it's not. And then they're thinking, oh, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Until he says the body's going to be found at the Crawford Sanitarium. Boom. The police find the body and it's on. Like, oh, shit, this is for real. But let's keep the show on. Yeah, exactly. Let's not shut it off or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's. Yes. You took an take of breath like you were going to say something really interesting, Brian. Oh, no, I'm just fat. So I breathe heavy. Oh, OK. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm just like looking at this. It's really hard to report on what's going on at the party because it's just like, and here's another shitty song from Blaze. Blaze. Yeah, and I don't understand. No, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Blaze was the host. Shadow was the band. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shadow. But she like goes up and dances on stage while they're playing. Yeah, and then occasionally answers the phone. Yeah. Like, so this I is the most boring show. That. There's no guests. There's no nobody's talking to the camera. It's really boring. Except when they cut to like stock footage of other locations. Like, oh, can you see us in Times Square? Yes. And apparently it's 1964 because it's in black and white. <laughs> and everybody's driving Etzels, but yeah, it's Times Square. <laughs> but so now, now, okay, so that was East Coast. Now we're going for Central Time. And this this was my favorite of the segments. Oh, yes. He adapts, he gets. Because he, he, this guy's into his little costumes. Yeah, he only has, has an hour between each kill. Mm-hmm. So he really has this planned out, like, what spots he's going to hit before I was, he gets there. I was kind of confused because he initially said, I'm going to kill someone that you love. And I was trying to figure out, is he targeting these people or is it random? And we'll come back to that later because we, I figured it out at the end. 
because they never actually came back to that. Uh huh. Anyway, remember that because you're gonna have your mind blown. Um, so this one, he puts on his, you know, his his little his you know tan uh, shark skin suit, his base shark skin suit, and he appliques a little porno mustache on, <laughs> which was so awesome. Which was, and he goes to some like swingers bar, and he picks up the saddest two skanks there. <laughs> And this is yeah. actually when I started to realize I know everybody in this movie and I know everybody from TV. Both of those, like every victim was on, uh, on TV. So I guess this is why this, that woman in particular, the main one, I forget her name, Amy, doesn't matter. The really ditzy one. She was literally on everything. Mm-hmm. Forever. And I wish I had it up on IMDb, but I'm not going to. But let's just say you've seen her in everything from the Love Boats, Fantasy Island to everything. Gotcha. And, that's the, and that's the role she always played. Really stupid blonde. <laughs> and he convinces her that he's Eric Estrada's real estate agent. <laughs> and that they're going he's going to a party at you know Eric Estrada's house and he's like, Hey, why don't you come with me? Well, I'm sorry, this is just to this one girl. He's like, Hey, hey, stupid girl, why don't you come with me? She's like, Okay, I'm gonna have to go use the pee-pee room. She goes out to the car, and when she comes out, she's got her friend Lisa with her. Oh, got to be a cock block and bring a friend. Uh-huh. She's like, well, you know, I think I'm just going to go off with some strange guy that I just met. I'm not stupid, you know. And then they're driving around, and this girl cannot shut up. She's really into – this is like really 70s jokes. Like she's talking about every like new agey thing that she's tried. You know, it's, you know, est and I don't even know half of these things, zen and all kinds of meditation. Transcendental meditation. All that kind of stuff. But she's just she's just rattling on and on and on and on. The clock's getting closer and closer to midnight, and I'm watching this guy's face, and I to alert to Brad, I'm going, I can see what he's thinking. He's thinking, I cannot kill you fast enough. <laughs> Do I really have to wait till midnight? Because I really want to kill you right now. But in this shut up. She did have some great stuff, and then she's like, oh, and Zen, transcendental meditation was really where it's at. It helped me with my stress problem, and Lisa practically cured her nervous diarrhea. Lisa's like, Lisa, who barely had any lines, was just like, shut up! Oh. And and she's just rattling on. They just tossed out nervous diarrhea, and I'm like, that's because, you know, but really, is there any other kind? Poor lady with if her ear to bowel syndrome. If you have diarrhea, you're you know, you're probably nervous about it. <laughs> it can go off at any time. But I digress. Well, I just loved when they were writing this. That he uh, picked the most famous star to be like the real estate agent too, and of course it's Eric Estrada. Well, hey, late seventies. It was nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, he was a big deal. Nowadays, it just makes us laugh. But at yeah, the time, and also his game was to pick them up was just so. Funny, just so, well, not but because it was just so of the time. Like every line that he used, you're like, "Oh God, did that really work back then?" But clearly, it works. Got him too. Exactly. But eventually, it gets to be midnight. It's time to time to kill. He tells Lisa to go buy a bottle of champagne. Stops at a liquor store while he kills the other one. Well, she says she needs she needs to make a pit stop. Oh, that's right. She needs a pit stop because she probably got a shit <laughs> for nervous diarrhea. Shut up! <laughs> and he gives her a hundred. I just bucks. love that that's a plot point in this movie. Her, her nervous it's, diarrhea. It's sec- not even one of the main victims. It's a secondary victim's nervous diarrhea problem. 
You never had that on Elm Street. <laughs> this is the best movie ever. <laughs> but I had to say, this kill was both mean and interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the 70s. It's like, hey, you want to smoke a marijuana cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> All the kids are doing it. Yeah, and he takes out this gigantic bag of marijuana. <laughs> and he goes, here, smell. And he pulls it over her head and suffocates her with it, with the pot still in there. What a waste. It was a waste, but it was weird because she's suffocating in it, and but like the pot's blowing around. And I don't know if you ever saw one of those old game shows from the 80s where they put somebody in a tube and blow money around. Yeah. And they had a great money. Kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the pot pot. <laughs> they just blow weed around and you have to try to catch it. You lose, mouth. you die, but <laughs> you won't care. At least you die happy and hungry. And then poor Lisa finally finishes in the bathroom, comes back and gets her throat slit. <laughs> yeah, he's like hiding for her in the dumpster, which is weird. Well, he left a trail of cloves. Yeah. Because she came out and the car's gone. She's like, smotherfucker. <laughs> you know, with a, in my mind, she's got a trail of you know, toilet paper stuck to the back of her shoe. That didn't happen. But <laughs> but she's, she's the car's gone. But then there's her girlfriend's shoe there. And then another couple of feet, there's her other shoe. And as Bradford pointed out, he goes, they're placed. Like they were, they were standing straight up. Yeah. Not tipped Not over just... the side like they were dropped. But yep, placed. Like a little trail. And it led to a dumpster. And... Surprise, he was in there. <laughs> it was a little creepy because, yeah, she flips it up and she looks a little weird. And then he flips the cigarette lighter on and illuminates his awesome, glorious fake mustache. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, and then he calls in to tell them that he was just finished taking out the trash. Which apparently is enough. Oh, he get, oh, he does give him the street corner. He does give him the address. But, you know, that I'm just like, oh, they weren't that trashy. <laughs> they weren't that trashy. But this is the one part in the movie when I said, wow, this is probably an accident. But during that whole scene, the stupid band was playing a song called Dumb Blondes. <laughs> I didn't even when notice. I, no, I noticed it because I'm like, that's a really funny song. And then it went to these two. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of clever. It was probably by mistake. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Giving this movie way too much credit. Yeah. Oh man, I don't even know what the heck. Uh, then he dresses. Then the guy dresses up like a, a priest. Yeah, he has like a file folders with like a nun and a priest in it. Yeah, like, yeah, this that's is where I'm, I'm going next. Yeah, and that's where I'm starting to get confused. I'm like, he is picking people specifically because I now he's dressing up a priest and he's looking at this yearbook and I don't know why. I kind of still don't know why. Yeah. Now I think of it, but anyway, whatever. But he winds up at a drive-in. He kills some bikers that were messing with him. And he kidnaps this girl because they're ba- bashing his car. So he just jumped into another car with this girl with her titty out. <laughs> yeah. And drove away. Another sitcom star, future sitcom star. She used to be on a show called Too Close for Comfort. No. Oh. No, not, not Too Close for Comfort. I'm sorry. Oh. We got it made. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah. Well, the only reason it's memorable is Tom Villard was in it. And he was most notable for being the killer in Popcorn and who famously died of AIDS. Good yes, times. Yeah, bringing bring the show down, Patrick. But this this part actually was very interesting, too, because I felt really bad for this girl. Yeah. <laughs> she's in the backseat just begging for her life. She didn't do anything. And she's like, I'll totally let you get it on with and me. And he's not want. listening. He just got He's just holding his switchblade up while he's driving. Just holding it up. And she's begging. The more he begs, the more she begs. 
I'll just like move it into the light. <laughs> just make sure that it's gleaming. <laughs> Eventually she gets away. And um, blah, blah, blah. He finally winds up at the hotel. And we'd make well, it just... Yeah, I want to say we forgot to mention that uh, something comes up where we find out that Blaze's son keeps having headaches, really bad headaches for some reason. Oh, yeah. And he puts like weird pantyhose over his head well, and he like, t- sunglasses. He's like, I'm going to do something really awful, mom, and you can't stop me. That's what he said on the phone. And then his breakfast, he's like, he's drinking and he took three little red tablets. He's like, I don't know what party this kid's having. <laughs> like, is it suicide with three pills? What are you doing? But you're right. He cut up his mom's stockings and put it on his head. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going on here because we already know who the killer is and it's not you. Yeah. But there were some nice red stockings. <laughs> Your mother's a whore. Now, of course, I'm thinking, did she wear them? Because that just makes it weirder. <laughs> like, well, you, I'm just, I don't know what's happening. Um, he finally shows up at the hotel, and we make a discovery. Yeah, we've known who it is the whole time. You know, we know, we know him by face, this guy. Yes. But it turns out, who is he? He is Blaze's husband, who's supposed to be a Palm Springs coconut up with his what? But really, but why? Why would he be doing such a horrible thing to his own wife? Uh, because he's jealous of all her money, from what I remember. Yeah, it was that. It was what he said was, he's like, I, you know, he he started with Yvonne because he's like, I had to start with her because you make me beg to get my own money, my allowance, you know, from you through her. I have to make a make an appointment with her to see you. Because you don't have the time for me or your son. And then it went into this whole women are bad thing. Women are dirty girls. They're all dirty, 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 yeah. dirty, dirty, dirty things. But of course, when he first shows up, he's wearing a Stan Laurel mask as in Laurel and Hardy. And I said, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> that was odd choice. Yeah, that is a little weird. And we did pre- find out he was a he was a patient at that Crawford uh, mental hospital, too. Yes, we did find that out. And there was something about the Catholic school, too, but I don't remember what it was. Um, because it didn't really matter. But yes, he showed up in his Stan Laurel outfit and uh, a mask, and he's dressed like Evil Knievel. Yeah. <laughs> Not on purpose, but he's wearing this tracksuit that's part Bruce Jenner, part Evil Knievel. <laughs> Which is funny, because as Bradford pointed out once again, he's like, it's Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> I am evil, because I don't think we said that. He goes by evil. Yeah. When he calls in, he says, I am evil. So now who's evil? Knievel. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Oh, but the best thing is, she, <laughs> oh, sorry, I got gay on you for a minute. Because That's all right. she, she leaves the show. It's like, it's almost time for New Year's in LA. And she's like, I have to go all the way upstairs to my suite to change. She doesn't have a dressing room. No, she goes all the way up to her suite to change outfits. And when she finally did, well, her husband meets her down there, and she's riding down with some cop, and she's wearing this outfit with this red satin thing, but she's got this black collar that makes her look like one of those little things from Jurassic Park, you know, those (laughs) things. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? (laughs) Yeah, while I was watching this towards the end, yeah, producer Amanda came in, and she's just like, that's an awesome dress, very sarcastically. (laughs) Because it was so cheap. It was this like red jumps, red satin jumpsuit with this black collar, the <laughs> spitting, spitting dinosaur thing. Um, oh, that was the other thing. Is that this guy, he has this little box set up 
you know, because he planned this all out. And, you know, he's tampered with everything. He's tampered with the elevators. He's yeah. tampered with the security cameras in the hotel, which, by the way, have microphones. <laughs> yeah. He's, so a, he listen he's, to the an conversations. Elect- <laughs> he's an electronic genius, apparently. Yes, apparently he is. Well, he's got money, so who the hell knows what he can do. But he, every time we went into that box, I'm like, he's like Felix the Cat with his bag of tricks. What's he going to pull out <laughs> next? It's like Mary Poppins. He's going to come out with, I don't know, a hat rack. I don't know, but... Uh, but towards the end, I got kind of bored because this was back in the days when women didn't fight back. Yeah. So she just so does a lot of cowering. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I can't uh, believe it. Why would you do this? Uh, you're chaining me up really slowly to the bottom of the elevator, which I thought was mean. He <laughs> crashes this elevator that she's in with this cop, not enough to kill them, but enough to stun them. And then he gives a whole exposition and chains her to the bottom of it, you know, hanging by her wrists. And he's going to take her for her ride all the way up. And then for New Year's Eve, he's like... <laughs> I'm going to give you a great New Year party. I'm going to make sure you get really smashed. Ba-dum-bum. Bum. <laughs> so she gets pulled all the way up by the chains. <laughs> and I, of course, think that was probably a stunt man. Oh, yeah. More than likely. I know. Cause I'm like, that, that ass got really fat. And I'm just picturing a stunt man wearing that outfit, the red satin outfit with the black Jurassic Park baby dinosaur outfit collar. And I was having my own little party. And it all ends very badly. And over, I, you know, the killer is defeated, but, you know, they leave the door open for a sequel. And, yes. of course, there wasn't one because nobody cared. But I think it's got a bad rap, this movie. I did, too. I enjoyed it. When you just said that a lot of people said it was awful, I'm like, wasn't that awful. I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse, too. I mean, it, it did kind of feel like a TV movie with an occasional boob. Yeah, totally. Because uh, there's no gore. The, lang- the only bad language comes from the punks. But they're like, fuck, man! <laughs> what I did enjoy, there was those two people that were passed out in the elevator when she was changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was changed underneath, and they're just like, what's going on? And the black man like, this elevator's going crazy. <laughs> that was my favorite line of the movie. This elevator's going crazy. It's, it was the big doings of New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, big doings in the basement. <laughs> if y'all don't listen to Drunken Zombie, that's you'll not get that joke. And too bad. You should be listening. Yeah. What the hell's the matter? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think what just really sinks the movie is the whole party part. She has no charisma. No. As a host, I don't care about her. I didn't get the show. I didn't get the music. I just was more interested in following him around. Oh, yeah. I think his uh, his sort of part of the movie was way more interesting because it's like, why is he putting that suit on? Why is he gluing a mustache on? Why is he picking why trampy not? girls up? Because all girls are trampy. Exactly. They're all bad Learning girls. They're anyway. naughty, dirty girls with bad things, and they do bad, awful things with their girl parts so i stabbed them in their boobs because i have a mother fixation because that's what dr dr exposition said (laughs) that's right i don't know like it seems like a weird thing because it's like well he's got a mommy fixation and it's like that would that explanation would make sense if it was her son killing people and we didn't know it was him yeah yeah, but, but they're no. like way up front that it's like, no, it's her husband. It's this yeah. guy. Yeah, it's at first this random guy that's not connected to anything. That guy who played Doctor Exposition, he went to the Shatner School of Acting. He did like three <laughs> words at a time. Clearly, the victims have all been stabbed in the breast, which is indicative of a mother fixation. I'm like, oh my god, just spit it out! And he had this big voiceover voice that was way too big for the screen. So we were peeing watching him. I almost got nervous diarrhea just from him. <laughs> 
Nervous diarrhea. <laughs> that is a legitimate plot point in this movie. That's why he kills them at the liquor store. It comes up not once, not twice, three times. Poor Lisa and her nervous diarrhea. Oh, I uh, only wish I could make a movie with nervous diarrhea as a plot point. You can make it as a title. You've got all your phobia movies. <laughs> so Nervous um, diarrhea. There must be a phobia for that. <laughs> Excretophobia. Um, so any final thoughts on New Year's Evil? Um, I think it's highly entertaining. You should definitely watch it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like you said, the, the party stuff is a little meh. But following him around, trying to figure out why he's killing people, which, I mean, if you've listened to us, it's already been ruined, but who cares? doesn't matter. Just because yeah. we these, – these, they, they cast really good character actors as these victims. So all these little plot mm-hmm. lines are really entertaining. And I actually was really feeling sorry for some of them, even the slutty nurse. I'm like, I get it. You're lonely. You work in a mental hospital. Somebody's got champagne. What the hell? It's New Year's. Fuck it, I'll lay on this table and let him grope me. I don't care. <laughs> Isolate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It'll be my new ringtone. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I don't know why people say it's awful. Because compared to a lot of slashers that came out around that time, oh yeah, this one's a lot better than a lot of them. Yeah, I agree. It's just that that everything you said, I agree with. Just the party stuff really sinks it for me. Because it, go, it goes on forever. Yeah. You know, when they start playing a song, you get to hear the whole song and watch the, you know, very polite. <laughs> <laughs> Most polite punks on the face of the planet. Oh, Lord Almighty. But yeah. I again felt weird because I swore. I'm like, because I, I didn't really pay attention to when this movie was made. And I'm like, oh, they're tapping into that whole MTV sort of thing or whatever. Mm-mm. And then I looked, I'm like, 1980. Well, some of this stuff looked, I mean, they, they dressed like 80s heavy metal. At one point, that guy had the pink tiger skin tiger print shirt on and he's playing one of those white guitars that are shaped like the star trek insignia and that's all 80s metal to me but i guess you know yeah whatever uh because i've I had to keep reminding me okay like blondie think blondie this is when blondie was hitting oh, so yeah. with blondie and it wasn't working sense. even then i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're playing <laughs> like, <laughs> i have no idea what any of this shit is which yeah there was like yeah all these people are like punked out and then a couple of the songs they played i was just like really like uh-huh. this is the stuff that punks would go to no no like no. one or two of them i'm like that sounds like the ramones but then then followed up with something that sounded like air supply <laughs> yeah very <laughs> which is awesome to me but <laughs> yeah <laughs> even some punk- of it i'm just like this music is way too mellow and I thought it was like, oh, because well, like I said, I had the problem with the audio. And I'm like, something's uh, fucked up because no, they're no. playing like a really slow song. No, no, no. And I'm thinking, and everybody's okay, it's, like dancing. I'm thinking, this is, um, this is 3 a.m. somewhere. You're trying to keep your ratings like all night long throughout the country. It's 3 a.m. somewhere. How about an um tempo? <laughs> exactly. You're people to sleep. It's New Year's Eve, goddammit. All right. So, Brian. Yes. You make movies. Uh, occasionally, yes. You sure do. And your latest short film has been getting a lot of good press. Yes, which I don't want to say is surprising, but it makes my heart feel good. Well, it should. It's a good little film. (laughs) The movie is called Mictophobia, and let's take a listen to the trailer. I don't know what caused it, really. I, I wasn't afraid of it as a kid. I wasn't locked in a closet or traumatized in that way. 
now when the the lights go out, it's like the darkness itself is going to envelop me. Like I'll just disappear. It's just the darkness is like this this weight surrounding me and it's all just gonna fall in on me. Thank you. Well, why don't you tell people about it and be stopping all like modest and crap. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was uh, tapped to do uh, a section for the collective volume four, which dealt with emotions. And I was given fear, which is perfect for me. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of going through a list of phobias and I'm like, none of these sound good. Cause I told myself the very first thing, I'm like, I'm not doing fear of the dark. Cause that's too easy. Right. And so I went through all these list of phobias and I'm like, this is all garbage. But then I saw myctophobia, which is the fear of darkness. And I thought the way that was worded was really sort of cool. It gave the dark sort of like this presence and stuff. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I didn't get that. All right, good, 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 good. I like yeah. that. I like that. And I'm like, when oh. I heard When I heard the title myctophobia, I thought it was being, you know, the fear of Irish feet. <laughs> Mick-to, Mick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, yeah, okay. Thank, I'm going edit that part out. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, so please continue. Um, and I thought, oh, well, that really gives the darkness, like the dark, like a presence or whatever. So I'm like, well, what if the dark came alive? And it was like, that was the thing itself. So I sort of wrote something uh, with this awesome actress in mind, Kitsy Duncan, uh, about a lady who has a fear of the dark, who's then mm-hmm. sort of forced to confront it. And what if the darkness itself came alive and what mm-hmm. that would all mean? and everything and so uh yeah luckily she jumped on board we yeah. shot it over a very very long weekend Ooh, and uh you know i think it came out pretty good i thought it um, came out great i oh, really did and i'm not blowing smoke up your ass okay and i'm going to go silent for a minute because i'm editing this part out this is a private conversation now shake it up shake it down move it in move it round disco baby Move it in, move it out, move it in and about Disco Baby. Shake it, baby, shake it, baby, shake your thing. Shake it, baby, shake it, baby, shake your thing. Um, okay, we're back to regular talk. But anyway, I just told Brian why I really like this movie as much as I did. And I can't let you know that because it would be insulting to what it, never mind. I can't even, never mind. It's a private thing. It's a gay thing. I just told him that I jerked off to it twice. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. That's the but, biggest but, compliment I've ever gotten about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> well, you had done another short movie a while ago. Did it have a similar theme with Dark and Wes in some costume? <laughs> with the father and the son? Uh, yeah, it was sort of... It's sort of similar, but uh, like in my mind, it's different just because, you know... I sort of have a full understanding of what's going on in both movies. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I get you. I wasn't saying that you made the same yeah, movie yeah. twice, but I'm just saying, no, no, I'm no. just trying to remember that you did do something that involved dark. Yeah. So I guess you did dark. Yeah. Dark. There was, down. there was like, yeah, the, the shadows, like the creatures are like shadows, like, right. Living like shadow creatures or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is like almost in myctophobia, like the darkness itself. The dark is, is like, the thing. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I simple. like I like both of those. I like both of those a lot. You had good actors in all of those, and mm. and you know Wes. Because <laughs> I'm watching this one, and you know what happens at the end is happening. I'm like, I bet that's Wes. Then the credits yep. roll. I'm like, yeah, it was Wes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Wes was actually in a green suit for this one. There's a bunch of pictures on uh, my Facebook page of Wes and walking around in a spandex. Uh, I, no I balls. I don't have. Well, we know that, but I don't ever need to see that picture. <laughs> So, yeah, where, so where can yeah. people uh, pick up this collective thingy? Uh, the collective, you can buy a copy of it off of uh, drunkenzombie.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I did make Mictophobia just available for free online if you just want to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on my YouTube page, uh, bwolford79 on YouTube. So you can stop and check that out and the other short films that we were just mentioning here. Great. And, uh, yeah, I, I always say that um, even if you don't like the story for this or whatever – at the very least, uh, it looks beautiful. The uh, yeah, the camera equipment we were able to get and stuff just made it look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And Kitsy, my lead actress, did an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say her best performance ever, just because I'm strictly biased. But what what else has she been in? Uh, her and her husband also run like uh, uh, their own film company or whatever, and they've done a movie called like Lethal Obsession. Yeah! The one that's the one I knew I saw her in something. I saw it at Horrorhound Weekend. Yes, 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 that's right. Yes, she's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, she was the one that ran the the naughty the naughty video site. Exactly. Yeah. She's the madam for all these webcam videos. Yeah, and it was this was a very she was so vulnerable in this. I would never have known it was the same actress unless you just told me. She did an amazing performance. Like we've been friends on Facebook for a long time. And I kept seeing her saying, "I wanted uh, people. I like. I want to do something. I want to be in something." Mm. So I was like, "I think she'd be perfect for this." So I asked her. She said yes. Uh, the guy who plays the therapist in it, Steve, who's in a bunch of my other movies, said yes. So I literally wrote the script, had my entire cast within like three days. Nice. So yeah, I was super excited. Yeah, that's really good. It, well, it it came together like it was meant to happen, and it looks the way looks that way too. So I'm very yes. proud of you, Brian Wolford. Uh, hopefully everybody goes and enjoys it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if they don't, you can always they can, you can always call his show and yell at him because that's how I got my start. Exactly in this industry. That's <laughs> one of the things I love is like a lot of people that used to listen to our show have their own podcast now, uh-huh. which means uh-huh. they don't listen to our show anymore. But I can't, it, there's no time. I know exactly. It's terrible. There's no time to listen to other people. There's there's like five other people who used to call into our show all the time. And I just don't have time to listen to their shows, and I feel bad, but it's just like... But it's okay, because uh, I can talk about you all the time. I can talk about podcasters on my show all the time, and I know they're not listening. <laughs> I actually listen to yours, so... Oh, fuck! Then you know what I said about you. Exactly. Shame, uh, shame. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, but hey, you're getting married, aren't you? Yeah. Yes! You and producer Amanda are tying the knot, so congratulations Thanks. on that. I haven't been able to say that in sort of person to you yet so that is oh cool. thank you i'll tell are her you, she'll be super excited are you going in march yeah uh, embarrassed her at our film festival what's that oh at the horror hound uh uh-huh. unfortunately not oh uh, okay we're okay. going on vacation in april so we kind of had to nix a couple uh events to uh, make sure we had enough money and time to go can okay i just have two things to say about the wedding sure i have to ask a question First of all, are you having your reception at a titty bar? Uh, no. Just wondering because you both love them. I know. I know. 
Which I love about you too. I love the fact that she loves going to titty bars. I love that that you go to titty think, bars together. I think that's fascinating, and I think it's cool. She goes to titty bars more than I do. <laughs> she uh, she went at a horror hound, and I was pissed because she didn't tell me that she was going. And I'm like, "Where did you go?" She's like, "I went to the strip club with titty everybody." Bars. And I'm like, "Why didn't you tell me you were going? I totally would have went." Ah, <sighs> uh, women, dames, broads. That's <laughs> why. Sure. That's that's why Richard. You know, went crazy. Exactly. That, that's how I wind up with things like New Year's Evil. I know. I bet you, I bet Blaze went to titty bars all the time without Richard. He's like that bitch. Yeah, so someday you're going to be wind up, wind up in an Evil Knievel costume. <laughs> with an awesome porn mustache <laughs> saying that I know Eric Estrada. With a bag of weed. And uh, the other thing was that if I am not asked to jump out of a cake at either one of your, you know, bachelor or bachelor parties are going to be deeply, deeply insulted. <laughs> either one. I believe you mean both. Both. Okay. I will take that. <laughs> All right, Brian, thank you very much for joining me. If you want to find out more about Brian and listen to him, you can go over to drunkenzombie.com and listen there and subscribe and all the other assholes around that show. I mean, no, I love them all. I love them all. Yeah, they're all assholes. And except Dave. Dave is an asshole. I've never forgotten what he did. You know, Dave. He, he, know, he knows what he did. He stood me up. Stood me up. Son of a bitch. Son he stands us up, up all the time, and we're, we're on the same show with him. So Fuck him. Fuck him. So everybody, when, yeah, you, call, yeah. when you call into Drunken Zombie, say fuck Dave and tell him I said you just told you to say it. All right, Brian, thank you. Kudos, and happy New Year to you. Oh, thank you, and happy New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Oh, bye. <laughs> Patrick, this is Angela, um, hey. also known as Barb Cope, and oh, hey, I just hey, wanted to let you know that I love the podcast. Uh, you're one of my favorites, with, uh, right up there with NLTOP. Oh, you make me laugh, hey. and sometimes you make me cry, but uh, you make me laugh, so that's important. Um, that's the best thing. And I wanted to recommend a movie. Hopefully, I won't have the same fate as uh, like it, Tommy. Tommy. Is it Tommy? Yeah. Okay. Tommy. Anyway, uh, Tommy. It's The Housemaid. It's on. It's a Korean thriller, and it's on Netflix Instant Watch. And I hope you like it. Bye. Bye. Okay, Angela. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you for the phone call. Thank you for responding to my cry. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I was started working on the show and realized I had no voicemails, zero, zip, zowie, nada. And I felt unloved. So I went crying on Facebook and Twitter. I said, I don't have any voicemails. And I posted this pathetic picture of this poor girl staring longingly for the phone, waiting for it to ring. And Angela answered the call. So thank you. And forgive me if I'm wrong, Angela. And I don't think I am. But I might be. 
But either way, it's going to be a fun outcome because if I'm not mistaken, and I never am, you are a first-time caller. Yay! Yay! Excitement! And if I'm wrong, who cares? We had a fun sound effect. Am I right? Of course I'm right. And also, I don't believe there's any need for me to put you up against the wall, Angela. I know everyone's like, why does she get to escape the wall? I'm like, I'm going to tell you why she gets to escape the wall, because I've already seen The Housemaid, and I liked it. It's not a horror movie, but it is a pretty good thriller, and I was cursing out those people, those rich bitches in the house. I'm like, I hope you all die. You are all horrible people. So, Angela, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for boosting my ego. Thank you for suggesting a great movie for everybody to watch, and thank you for being you. Oh, and raving about my show. That's always nice, too. Yay. Patrick, you know, <gasps> under the sofa, there's dust bunnies under there. Be afraid. Be afraid of the oh. dust bunnies. Ooh. Um, so this is Badger. the Badger Angel, and I'm very, yes. very upset, and I have what? already erased two voicemails because they were um, really not very nice regarding the <gasps> one-star review. I know. And no, you don't want to listen to them because they were very, very bad. Oh, so I'm I not going now. anywhere but here. To the idiot butt wipe who left the one-star review. Don't mess with the queen. That's right. He has minions. He will have us find you. We'll just leave it at that. You know, it's, it's, it's very easily taken care of. Anyway, so other than that, I wish all of the screamers and my dear darling Patrick um, a wonderful 2013, and y'all yes, need to go to ma'am. Amazon and buy my book, and buy Robert R. Best's book, and yes. buy Kelly Combert's book. That yes. would be in order of Seraphine and Charlene. <laughs> that's mine. The Lakewood Memorial Trilogy. That's Robert Best. And oh gosh, darn it, Kelly! What's the name of your book again? Those Lonely I Places. Can't God damn! How can I not remember your book of all things? Loser. I am such an idiot sometimes. Fail. Fail. And, and and the internet is being stupid because now I can't find it at all. Oh, these lonely places. That's the that, that's the name of the book. That would be um, yeah. Because we need to support one another as independent writers and as independent thinkers and awesome people and screamers and screamers. D- especially. So much love and uh, happy new year. Bye, baby. Oh, Miss Sherry Badger Angel, thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the well wishes and everything. And, 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 and you got my back, girl. Not only did you heed my call, my whiny-ass call for voicemails, you came in second. But that's okay, because you came out swinging, girl. You came out swinging. Yeah, somebody gave me a one-star review on iTunes, if you hadn't heard me screaming about it in text form on the internet. Because the thing that kills me, somebody left me a one-star review, but not... I'm sorry, a one-star rating, but not a review. So I don't know what they didn't like. So it's completely unconstructive. It, and, and, and I'm just going to pretend that it was perhaps a typo. Someone hit the wrong thing, maybe? But if not, Badger going to fuck you up. Badger going to fuck you up. Honey Badger may not give a shit, but Honey Badger will fuck you the fuck up. And don't mess with her, because then she'll write a book about you. It'll be like Mommy Dearest. <laughs> <laughs> but she don't news she don't use no why I hang us. Oh no, not my badger angel. She'll fuck you with an e-cigarette. <laughs> that just ew, gross. And I'm holding my e-cigarette right now. And for those of you who are, are keeping up with the whole smoking thing, I just I'm still using the e-cigarette. I don't use it that much. And I just ordered some more gel. 
but I've stepped down the amount of nicotine. So the next time I order, the next next time I order, it will have no nicotine. So I will be quit in a matter of months. So thank you, Sherry. That was the best Christmas present that wasn't a Christmas that I perhaps have ever gotten. And yes, pimp your shit out. Sherry's book uh, is of Sheriffim and Cherubim, or of Cherubim and Seraphim. I forget which Latin. I don't, I don't do language, you know, fancy church terms. I should know that after my 17 years of Catholic school, but I can't keep them straight. But that's not the point, because I can't keep anything straight. <laughs> yes, and of course, Robert Arbest's Lakewood Memorial and the inimitable Kelly Combricks, Those Lonely Places. Uh, which I am halfway through, and every story has been scaring the living shit out of me. So, Kelly, you're awesome. And Badger, you're awesome. And you know what? All of you are awesome. Let's all hug. Okay, someone's not wearing deodorant. And I kind of like it. Musky. Hey, Patrick. It's Michelle in Nashville. I was calling because I saw your message on Facebook saying I have no voice And I'm calling to send one. Thank Um, you. So, just real quick, I'm coming to New York at the end of the month. Shut your ass. So you have to tell us again where you work or where the new place is. Yes. So I can go there and pretend I know you and be like, oh, yeah, we're friends, even though we've never met ever. Um, Oh, please. We're we're, we're tight. three things, three movies. Okay. Did you see the movie Hell? Uh, Another really good name for a movie, Hell. Hell. Would you see Hell? I saw Hell. Um... A post-apocalyptic, good standard. Meh. The Barons has the guy from um, True Blood, not the super hot one, but the guy who's married to Anna Paquin. Barons. Um, mm-hmm. One of the movies. Here's what it is. It was. Oh, this is this is good. Oh, I know where this is going. I know where it. What? That just went weird. And okay, the end. Then I saw Prometheus. Wow. Is really not a horror movie, but it's horror-ish because it's alien-ish. And yeah. that was a good movie, sort of. It was basically sort of. a really long movie to explain absolutely nothing about what the movie was about. Yeah, You're pretty like, much. Oh, they well done. Guy, okay. Um, I kind of understood, sort of. I got but it. But it was spacey, and I watched it while I was at work. So what could be better? That's um, the best. But I was just going to say Happy New Year. And I hope you have a great one. Have a wonderful show. I will talk to you soon. Goodbye. God, I really do sound pathetic. All these people calling in like, we're so sorry that you have no voicemails, Patrick. But you know what? Good. Good. It's nice to know you love me. Love me. Love me. Love my shitty show. My shitty one-star show. Bitch. Whoever the fuck did that. Anyway, girl... That was a lot of information in a minute and a half, and I commend you for your brevity. But methamphetamine is a very serious drug with very serious repercussions. Like if you don't bring enough for everybody. Now, I just want to take a moment to pause here and say the Scream Queens Horror Podcast does not endorse the use of recreational drugs for any reason. But if you are going to use them, share. Thank you. Okay, I have seen... One of these movies. Uh, the first one, Hell, I know nothing about, and you kind of blew through it. The Barons? Is that the Barons, like, something that's Baron or, like, the Red Baron? The Baron Von Trapp. Oh, my God, is it a horror movie about Baron Von Trapp? Because that would be amazing. And then again, I guess The Sound of Music was a horror movie about Baron Von Trapp. He's a very fertile man. Too fertile. Hmm. And Prometheus, oh, I've talked about it. I'm sorry. I said, there's so many things that are great about it, but then they have things like the guy who's the nature expert or wildlife expert, whatever the hell he is, he sees something, 
He encounters an alien that looks like a cobra that's hissing at him and he decides to pet it. Let's piss, let's pet the pissing cobra alien thing. What could possibly happen? Yeah, but that was the best review of Prometheus I've heard in a long time. It was, yeah, exactly what you said. And thank you for calling in. But Michelle, I have to say I miss you. I miss your calls. I miss your true stories from 911. Surely something outrageous has been happening. It's been the holiday season. Something ridiculous must have happened. And I'm just letting you know, I missed that little segment of the show that you used to provide. And what she's talking about, uh, coming to see me in New York, she's talking about the brand new Jekyll and Hyde Club, Times Square. Now, the Jekyll and Hyde Club has existed in other forms, but it's finally moved to Midtown. And we're opening up really soon. As a matter of fact, I just got off the phone with my manager and friend and former squeam, squeam, Scream Queen guest David Robiano, and I'm on schedule for this weekend. I don't know if that means if I'm actually working or if I'm just on point in case it actually opens, but it's coming. It's coming soon, and it is located 229 West 44th Street, right in the heart of Times Square, and it's easily spotted by the gigantic skeleton hanging off the edge of the building, wearing a top hat, waving at you. Because we're subtle that way. That's the way we roll. Hope to see you when you're in town, girl. Call me. Bye. And you can find out more information about the place at www.jekyllandhydeclub.com. Patrick, it's Betty. And Derwood. Oh, we wanted Yay. to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. Oh, Wait yeah. Ooh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Uh, uh, we are drinking, yes. Oh, oh God. <laughs> January 2nd. We Buckle haven't finished kids. celebrating the new year. <laughs> Still? <laughs> but we wanted to say hello, and um, we are bucking the system once again using the MP3 and not the voicemail, so we don't get the buzzer. Um, yeah, we'll we see about that. We haven't been watching too much lately, except um, uh, we're just going to talk about one film today because you know how we ramble, and we <laughs> have quite about. an agenda because we want to get to other things, but... Um, we watched The Children from... 2008. Yes, it's a yes. UK production. It takes place around Christmas. Yes, so. it's very festive. And I think okay. it's going to be a new holiday tradition for us to watch this. That's Definitely. It's really awesome. Weird. I mean, we think it's so awesome that we are willing to go... Against the wall. Up against the wall for it. So there you have it. Have you seen it? I hope not. Yeah, because we I've already forget. seen it. Yeah, I mean, we heard... Well, I had seen it already... Um, and then another podcast, sorry for cheating on you, had no, brought no, it no. to our attention. And I have not seen it. And so we watched time. it the other night and we loved it. Um, Good. It's about. You loved it again. Loved it again. <laughs> it's, it's about. Betty's got a lot of love. Two sisters and their husbands and sets of children. They each have two kids, I think. Plus a teenager. And a teenager, yes. One. One set has a teenager who is very pivotal to the story. Spoiler. Um, but they're very different yes, uh, kinds one, of parents. One set of parents are kind of like new age yuppies, and the other set, they're kind of like, I don't know, they just let the kids walk all over them. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. definite yeah. pushovers. And um, initially, I guess for the first half hour, it's a little slow. But you know yeah. that these kids are going to go berserk. Yeah, so you're just waiting for it. Yeah, you're, not so you're quite, looking for the sign. Not and, quite sure what the where the movie's going. Yeah, and mm-hmm, it's a beautiful mm-hmm, house mm-hmm. and a beautiful setting. <clears throat> Darren made a comment like, oh, I would love to live there. And yeah. I said, well, not for long. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, there's a oh dinner scene probably in the first third of the film 
where the the parents are trying to be oh so proper and uh, you know drinking their wine and being so educated. Yeah, and the kids put the end of that. Yeah, they yeah. Start, pretty much start whining oh, and fussing and so annoying. But we all, you know, that's the start of what's about to happen. And mm-hmm. you, you're best off not knowing much about this movie going in. Yeah, yeah you we're still going to talk for another three minutes. Darren had said a comment. To yeah, me. If, <laughs> if I didn't already have kids after watching this movie. Especially from that point on, I probably would think twice about Maybe. having kids. Yeah, oh, yeah. but sure. not that kids are lovely. They are. They're lovely. And these kids were exceptional actors because they're all around five years old. The little, a little older, yeah, some, some younger, older. yeah. But yeah, we we watched the special features and uh, God, nerds. so we got to see scenes after they were cut. And nerds. Once they said cut, you know, the kids go and you know they start acting normal. Yeah, they're like la la la. Yeah, you know, I'm cutting a kid. Up and, Telling jokes and stuff, but it, it was you realize how great they are. Yeah, because they are creepy. I mean, <laughs> seriously, creepy children in this film. They're great, and um, I mean, it starts slow, like we said. All children are it, creepy. Once the Stick shit is the fan, yeah. it escalates into crazy town. It's great. Yay! So we would highly That's my recommend my favorite it place. Children. And if you haven't seen it, I have. Yes, but please keep talking. Um, anyway, also, we enjoyed your review of Socket with Trey Dean. Trey, great job being the co-host. I yep. thought you did a really, really fantastic job. We don't know if it's our kind of movie, but the Cronenberg aspect piqued our interest. interest yeah. See how and, racist you um, are. Racist. Uh, I've got to say that the one thing I took away from that review was Trey's little saying, crash with cock. <laughs> that is a classic line. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. So. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we also wanted to give a shout out to a couple of podcasts that we have recently discovered thanks to Screen Clean. One of them is Death Rattle, Lauren, uh, listener Lauren, and Todd. Fantastic job. They've got two episodes up. Y'all should check it out. Um, I think they're really getting into a rhythm, and I can't wait to hear the third episode, especially since I called in a voicemail, and I hope they... (laughs) Attention whore. I am an attention whore. What can I say? Uh, And then also, uh, the hysteria continues with listener Justin. I love this podcast, Justin. You do a really great job. job. I'm, I'm... Going into all the back episodes, and I'm pretty much got like Who 10 show is left this? before I've heard them all. But we do have a word of advice. Speaking to the microphone, yeah, we, Justin, we, we have trouble hearing. Justin. You're too soft spoken. He is very soft spoken, um, isn't he? Great things to say, but it's, so it's quiet. True. It, it is. Very true. I mean, it's okay <laughs> when you have the headphones on or the ear. You know the. Pod things, whatever they are. Earbuds. Earbuds, thank you. But when you're driving in a car and you've got it playing through the radio, you're a little hard to hear. But uh, otherwise, all you scream queens, happy new year. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Babble mouths. You know, it's amazing what I let you guys get away with just because you're the Lund Fontaines of the Scream Queens Horror Podcast. But thank you for calling or, or emailing or whatever, or dropboxing me, or whatever you want to call it. Um, first of all, if you're concerned about what you're hearing in the background, you might hear screwing going on in the background. Not that kind of screwing. No, 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 no. We put together some cat furniture for the kitties, and it's this thing that goes back on the door. And I prefer trying to hang it up in the background. So that's what it is. It's not, we're not torturing the neighbor's in our saw-like traps or anything like that. Yeah, I saw The Children. I saw it a long time ago. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I didn't really care for the first part of it. 
because I found everybody so obnoxious. The parents were so obnoxious that I they, they could not die fast enough. However, the kids saved the movie. And not just when they went bananas, but when you started to see whatever it was start to spread through the kids. There was that one little girl. I think she was the littlest girl. And she was the... She just... She's trying to tell them what's going on. She's just got that terrified look that she there's something wrong with the other kids. And she kind of knows it's coming for her too. And I liked it. Uh, the ending of it also kind of threw me, but I'm not going to spoil it. Not threw me, but I went boo because I saw it coming a mile off. And I'm like, why does nobody else see this? Went a little bit too far or not far enough, depending on how you look at it. But thank you for the recommendation. So once again, you escaped the fucking wall. You are cowards. You are cowards. And you are cowards that you don't want to watch Socket. It's a good movie. Just because people have penises out every now and then, you're like, oh, I don't know if it's my kind of movie. Well, fuck you. Fuck you. Just for that, I'm not going to watch any movies with you two in it where you have your penises out either. So there. And that's how that's going to balance out. Yes. I, oh, I did have a question for you two. Uh, because you were talking about that Michael, uh, whatever movie it is, The Bay. I want to call it a Michael Bay movie, but Michael Bay's The Bay would just be stupid. I know it's not Michael Bay, but that movie, The Bay, I forget who put it together, but it's somebody big. Did it skip the theaters completely? Because I'm seeing it on pay-per-view, and I'm very disappointed because it looked fairly awesome. And I, I, I don't know why I assume you have inside information just because you live in the area where it was filmed. But you know what? You're the fucking Lund Fontaines of the Scream Queens Horror Podcast. You're supposed to have dirt. You're supposed to be better than all the rest of us, aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? Well, you know what I got to say to you? Betty Durward, go home. You drunk. Oh, my God. And when the show has devolved into me badgering royalty, podcasting royalty, then it is time for me to wrap this puppy up for another session. So if you want to be like all these cool people who saved my day, <laughs> caressed my ego, and made the show even more awesome than it was, you can give me a call at 347-767-3509. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And also, the show is now available on the Stitcher app. It's for your iPhone. It is for your Android, it is for your computer, it is for just about every goddamn thing you could possibly do. Now, what the hell is Stitcher, you're asking me? Well, it is internet radio, but it is smarter internet radio than you are used to. It is a beautiful app, it works cleanly, it works really smooth, and you can stream just about every podcast that's out there, provided, you know, they've let Stitcher know they exist. And you can also listen to regular radio, and I'm, it's a great way to find new things. And I really enjoy it, and I hate most of these apps. I find them a huge pain in the ass, but Stitcher... I like it. And you know what? If you head over to Stitcher.com, download the app for your computer or whatever device it is, and when you sign up, tell them I sent you, I get money. And mama needs some money, baby. To buy me some stuff. And by stuff, I mean lubricants. I don't know. I got nothing. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, I have a big announcement, kids. And unfortunately, you're not going to like it. I hate to say this, but Scream Queens... The podcast where horror gets bent is going on hiatus. I know, I know, I know. Just, just control, control yourselves. Do not panic. Try to remain calm. I'm dried up, is what I'm saying. I've just, I don't know if you heard it, my voice these past couple of months. Just everything that's gone on, I've just kind of burned myself out. I need a little time to go actually work on my acting career a bit because that has slid. I love you guys, but unfortunately, even like with the half a cent, I'll probably get it when you sign up for Stitcher. It's not paying the bills. So I need to just like, I, my website has gone downhill. It hasn't been updated in forever. And I got to get back on that horse. So I need some time to focus on that. And also just kind of refill the creative well 
if you know what I mean. I mean, other shows seem to do this all the time, but, uh, or, you know, they'll take a month off every year. I think I can think of a couple of shows that say we always take January off or we always take August off, but I've been going for almost three years straight now without a break. And I love what I do, but on the other hand, I love it even better when I come back in a month. It's not that I don't love you. Do not think that for a second. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you so much. But you'll love me even more when I get back. I bet you. I bet you. Distance makes the fart grow fonder. Wait, that's not right. Something like that. So don't panic. I'm still with you. I'll probably still put out uh, just a bare bones episode every now and then, probably with some oldie timey radio or maybe something like that. Maybe once a month. But I'm prob- I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But I'm going to be gone no longer than two months. Okay? So, uh, until next time, continue to keep the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, You know, boy, this may be goodbye, but as someone once said, Journeys end in lovers' meeting. I don't know who the fuck said that. They're probably high on crack cocaine, but they said it. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! I, uh, I, uh, I, I went on one diet, my last diet I ever went on. I ate only persimmons for six months. And I was driving in my car here in L.A., and it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so it was like a lot of traffic, and I'm just driving, kind of rocking out. Holiday. And I realized I am going to shit right now. off guard. (laughs) Because normally you have a good 20 minutes. (laughs) There is this window of opportunity where you know to start looking for a Barnes and Noble or some kind of... 
equivalent book music superstore that, you know... We all take that for granted, but I did not have that luxury. No, I'm gonna shit. Now! No, I'm not, no, I'm not, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna shit, no, I'm not, no, uh, uh, I'm not, no. I'm holding my ass so tight. I made a diamond in there. which was not my best friend. <laughs> and then it, it became crystal clear that indeed I, I am gonna shit right now, I am. What's with this masquerade? It's... It's only me. I am. I am. I shall. I will. Indeed. Yeah. And I just have to... Let go and let God. Because... It's bigger than me, and, uh... <laughs> he has a plan, which <laughs> includes this. And I pray for the understanding that one day I will know why, but until that day comes, I'll just trust that he does work in mysterious ways. So... Yet I'm still trying to bargain. A little bit like, well, I'll just let out. <laughs> Compromise myself. Turn that off. I don't want to get some weird, you know, Pavlov's dog association with that song. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I let out a little bit.
There was a point near the end where. By then, I was like, "Why bother?" <laughs> Live a little. <laughs> I just had uh, trusted in you know these images for so long that you know I, I just bought into what the media was was telling us about what women should look like, and and they don't tell you in the diet books that. This food plan might make you shit your pants. <laughs> Caveat emptor. And because I thought I was fat, I thought I was ugly, I thought I was unlovable. I believed in what the media said. I believed what my father said, and I just. Thought that I was just gross, and that、um, you know I, I didn't accept my body as I was made, and I was now paying the price by sitting <laughs> in a pool. <laughs> of my own shit. Which was getting cold. <laughs> The only thing left to do at that point was to call people. Okay, you better call me right back because you are not gonna believe what I just did. <laughs> I am in my car right now. I just shit my pants. <laughs> Coming over. <laughs>